You're not feeling like yourself anymore. You're not alone. Whether you're concerned about your weight, your energy level, a lack of sex drive, or hormone imbalance, solutions are waiting for you at Nava Health. With a technology-driven approach, Nava's medical experts craft custom plans that adapt as you progress, optimizing your health. Start feeling better now at navacenter.com forward slash POD. That's navacenter.com forward slash POD. Or call 855-680-6282. Results may vary. Hey guys, this is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. So on this last week of season one, I wanted to do something really fun and bring in some of, we couldn't get everybody together, but some of... Just the important people. Yeah, they'll love that. <laughs> um, our small group and two of my dear, dear friends in Dallas, my new friends, they all know that I moved here and was terrified I would not make friends. And I made friends. Yay, <laughs> we like I have friends. And I want y'all to meet my friends, Ellen Lee and Carla Moss. And Carla Moss is actually our fearless leader. She and Matt really organized this group and have led it so well. And it's leading a bunch of leaders like all of us, female and male in the group, are very strong, opinionated people, and it works somehow. So. It does. Okay, so let's talk about everybody wants to know how to have this in their lives. They want to know how to have deeper relationships. And this group honestly has taken me to a different level with small group. I think I go, let's just start with like the moment that blew my mind, which was when your husband, Matt, said, <laughs> let's lay all our finances out. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, in general, and and they're like, no, like all the dollar amounts, like how much you owe, how much you uh, make, how much you spend, how much you give. Let's lay it all out and let's talk about it. That was brave work, and that's really a great picture of what we do with our group. That if somebody's in a fight, we bring it. If there's struggle in any part of life, we bring it. And so let's talk about what that has felt like. Have y'all had that before? Is this just new to me? I haven't had it in a formalized group, but I've had, Paul and I have had relationships throughout life that have offered that. So we both come from believing families that are close. And so on some level, we've talked about those things with our parents. I'm the youngest of six siblings in a blended family. And so we've bounced things off of my siblings and their spouses about finances and parenting and all kinds of things for a long time. But this is the first time that Paul and I have been in an organized group that is specific for that purpose. Yeah. Well, and I don't think when you look at finances, we're all like trying to figure out like who makes more and what you're doing and where your next career move is. I think of a lot of it has to do where your heart is. And that's what everyone's trying to figure out is like, where is your heart? Where's Ellen's heart? Where's Jenny's heart? What does that look like? And so when you sit down and you look at your finances, it's going to show you where your heart is. It's going to show you where you're spending your money. It's going to show you where you like to spend or where you spend your energies. And it brings up good conversations out of that. You know, why do you give money there? Oh, what's that all about? What's that look like? Or what do you do with all that spare time here, here, and here? Or have you thought about doing that? And it opens up new avenues for discussion, more so than us going, well, gee, wow, I think you should get rid of that credit card debt. Maybe you should go to Crown or wherever. Although those discussions can happen. But I think it, it really shows you who those people are based on how they spend. It's just another way to kind of slice the Enneagram. Well, and it has... Done that. I mean, I just, I feel like we've gone deep fast. Like we've only been meeting together for a year. No, a year and a half. Yep. Somewhere in there. Yeah. A year and a half. So 
we've covered a lot of bases and everybody wants to know what it is we do when we get together. They were wondering if we did a curriculum or read a book <laughs> thus far. Well, the thing I think is the big deal is like all of us have friends, right? And um, you can get together with anybody and get advice. So I think a lot of people think you get together and you have a problem and you get advice. And frankly, any of us can get together a group of friends and get some advice, right? And sometimes it's really good advice. But I think in these cases, you want to get biblical advice and you want to get scriptural advice. And so those are the types of things you're looking for because you're going to get a lot of advice outside the corner that isn't scriptural or spiritual to point you in the right direction. So... I think a lot of times when we talk about problems, eventually we better be going to scripture. We better be really praying and stopping to pray. And that's what makes it different from a regular group. You know, you're not, you're taking it a step further than you normally would if you were just meeting like, hey, what should I do with this? Should we, should we buy this house or not? Um, you're not just looking at the finances and whether the house is pretty and what it looks like. You're looking at like, well, what does God really want you to do? And what does it look like? And what verses can we point to for it? Well, you just scared everybody because we're talking about, yes, making big decisions together. And we have done that. We have, in the year and a half we've been together, different people have made job changes, bought houses, Mm -hmm. had major marriage conflicts Mm -hmm. within the group. Well, I remember when we we started out really with just two couples and Carla and I would go on weekly walks and kind of talk about life. And then it became three couples and then we jumped from three to five. And we kind of waited to do all the big put your life out there stuff until we felt like the group was complete. And so one of those was the money discussion, which if if you're willing to take that step and truly put it all out there, it creates a level of trust. If I can talk about this, if I can put this on the table and not be afraid of judgment, then I can start bringing other things. And then the other thing we did was everybody took turns sharing their what we call life map. So it was from birth to yesterday – where has God taken you in your life? Your family of origin, your formative years, when did you come to faith? What did that look like? How has that impacted your adult life? And so knowing each other from the beginning, even if you didn't know each other from the beginning, is where you have to start. And so you have to kind of put your fear of man aside and be willing to, this was the ugly part of my life. This was the doubt-filled part of my life. This was the lonely part of my life. So that you feel like you're not hiding anything, and therefore people can kind of feel like they have the permission to delve in when you start to say, we're wrestling with this or we're wrestling with this. And you, A, understand better where they're coming from because they've told you their life story, and B, you feel like they've given you permission to speak into it from the biblical place. Yeah. It also helps that our church makes us. <laughs> yes, agree. Yeah, we have a bossy church. We do. <laughs> and I, but but they value this, and mm-hmm. I think that's what's been so refreshing is this is the expectation. This is the norm. It isn't the crazy way. This is the norm. And I will say, when we share those stories, everybody had their dark season and their dark stuff that they've been through that they've chosen, and I I think it kind of levels the playing field of like, you know, when that marriage struggle comes up, you aren't as afraid to bring it because you know the different seasons everybody's walked through. So, you know, I think what you can tend to do is tell the happy story rather than the real dark, hard stuff. And so much, as we've talked about on the season, so much of our lives are shaped not by our decisions, but by our environments and our stories. And we're all products of our past. And so it's like if we didn't have that piece, it would have not it would have started out really shallow, I think, or we would have been mm-hmm. missing 
Well, and I think if you're a leader or you're in a group where you want to model that, you got to step out and just do it yourself, right? The first story, if it's sweet and nice, everybody's story is going to be sweet and nice. And so you always look for that person in your group like, hey, I know you have a story and I know it's yucky and I don't, you probably don't want to go first, but will you please go first? And it breaks down a lot of barriers like, whoa, okay. <laughs> my story's not so bad after all. And so you can you can talk more into those types of things. And then even if you meet lightly at first, you know, instead of going and tell me what you did this week or tell me a happy thing, like just tell me one struggle you had this week and tell us why it was a struggle. And that opens some doors because then people can ask more questions and then people open up more. The only way you're going to get there is if you model it, I think. And I think all you guys do a great job of modeling that now. But if you're 20 and starting your own group right now, like what does that look like? You know, you you haven't been divorced eight times or whatever it may be, but you got to put yourself out there. And the more you put yourself out there and the more other people are going to put out there and go, wow, okay, this is good. I can do this. Well, and one of the things that we've done in a season was when we meet together, we had three questions. How are you feeding your soul? How are you feeding your flesh? And how are you feeding others? Knowing that you're going to have to come answer those questions encourages you to be in the word regularly and to be self-evaluating regularly about how you're filling your time and your days and how are you entering into relationships so that you can answer the questions <laughs> when you come. Yeah. And we meet every week. So just mm-hmm. the logistics. Yeah. We meet once a week as girls yeah. on Mondays for two hours, hour and a half, and then two hours every other Sunday. It is a huge commitment. It is. When we moved and I heard how much the group was meeting, I was very intimidated and I thought, how are we going to make time for this? But it has been so good for it to be so consistent. And I think that's one reason a year and a half in, we all feel so close. We've we've clocked mm-hmm. a whole lot of time together. We're not hoping to run into each other. Like it's regular and happening. And yeah. And I think you have to treat it like your hair appointment. Yeah. You don't want it's non negotiable. <laughs> no roots. You don't, I mean, yeah. you, you would not it. move you, your hair yeah. appointment for anything because yeah. it's hard to reschedule it. So if it's on the calendar, it is yeah. carved out. And unless something is truly unavoidable, you just commit to being there. But all of you have so much going on. All of your lives are so full. There are so many demands. Like, why is this a priority to you? Why do you keep showing up? I think it just reminds you of all your weaknesses, right? Like, we all run around and we're all really, really busy, but you need somebody to sharpen you. And so, you know, iron sharpens iron. And you want to be sharpened every week. Like, okay, Carla, why do you do all those things? Like, are you doing too many of those things? Wouldn't your skills be better used here? Oh, you're right. Just because she asked me and I like working with her doesn't mean it's right. And so you have people speaking these things into your life, even though you're busy, that, okay, I needed that. So you always have this coach, I almost feel like. Like everybody has a mentor at work and everybody has a a mentor at church or wherever. Like you have this mentor, built-in mentor every single week to say, hey, here's what I'm seeing. You've been talking about this for a week. Enough. You know, like, let's 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 solve this or let's peel this back or you need to slow down or you need to speed up. You just have a built-in coach and it's free. It's free counseling, right? Yeah. I mean, think about it that way. Free counseling. Well, and to that point, I have probably two consistent recurring themes in my thought life, which Jenny knows what my thought life map is like. <laughs> she made me draw it one time. <laughs> um, but one is, actually, I have three. One is, am I doing it right? Whatever it is, am I doing life right? Because I have this constant question in my head of, is this how I'm supposed to be spending my time? Is this what I'm supposed to be reading? And so just having mutual encouragement of, no, it's not how you're supposed to be spending your time, or yes, that is a great investment. Coupled with that is, I am constantly asking myself, 
what are my gifts and am I being fruitful with them? And I think the answer is usually, I think I know what my gifts are and no, I'm not using them to the maximum. But I have a group of people who will help me brainstorm how I can employ those more And a lot of times it's vetting, right? It's like, yeah. that's what we'll do is we'll bring opportunities to each other and kind of, mm-hmm. so I think what what we're saying right here is we talk about shallow stuff too. Like oh, we yeah. bring... We talk about what you're going to wear sometimes. I know. Because sometimes <laughs> those are important pictures. decisions. We do not pictures. want people buying that outfit out, yes. right? Yeah. So, I mean, silly things, yeah. but it keeps it fun, right? Yes. Yeah. And then my third one is blind spots. The mm-hmm. things that I, because I think I'm right pretty much about those things. <laughs> I've already thought it through and I'm right. And and so I need people to say, no, you're not right. You were mean to your husband when you said that or whatever it is, that I need people to help me see my blind spots in the areas that I just, I don't see on my own. Well, and that's a real story. Yes. I think like two weeks ago, you brought I that. I was mean. Said, <laughs> told us a story. And it's like we're accountable because the men are meeting too. Like yeah. they're meeting on a different day. And so it's just a given that if we, you know, really, if there's any big sin in our life, like it's going to come out to the guys or on our end. So everybody knows, like, you've got to confess because it's, and I, you know, I would have thought what we're describing would have felt unsafe, candidly. I just, Mm -hmm. if I were listening to us, I would be like, that's great for them. No way. I'm not doing that. That feels very threatening and invasive. And I'm not saying it's never felt that way, but what do you think has made us feel so safe with each other? I think that some of it was, it wasn't an instant group. So it wasn't just, we weren't randomly put together and it wasn't instant. So it was a kind of a thoughtful process of who kind of came in. But I do think a, a lot of times it's, everyone's going to want to be pl- playing ball, right? I think you can get groups where people are like, hey, my church told me to join a group and I joined a group and here I am and I really don't want to be in this group and I really just don't want to share. You get to the point where you do need to weed people like that out because you can't, no one's going to get to the level they need to get to. And and the other thing is that you have to be willing to say the hard stuff. And I think in our group, we're willing to say the hard stuff. But I mean, there are times where I have to rehearse it six times over. Like, I'm going to go over to this person's house and I have to tell them X, Y, and Z. And this really stinks. And I don't know how this is going to come out. And, you know, and to be able to walk out that night and go, hey, I know that didn't come out the right way. But I still know that I love you. And that the next week they can come back and go, yeah, you still love me. And you said it the wrong way, but I still love you anyway. And I think that's what you want to be. That's what makes a good group is that you have to not only be willing to put your life on the table, you have to be willing to provide spiritual guidance on most people's problem. And if you just sit there and go, oh, yeah, that sucks. Let me tell you about your stuff too, right? You're just all going to sit there in a pity party. I would die. It It would would feel like the biggest waste of time (laughs) if we did that. And instead, it feels like movement. And it feels like I, you know, a year and a half in, I am stronger. I am more disciplined. I am more at peace with our marriage. Yeah. I, 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 there's been so much fruit from this. And, you know, we talked about in a different episode that you kind of become who you hang out with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's cool is I really, really love who I hang out with. And I'm cool becoming Carla and Ellen and Michelle yeah. and Elizabeth and because be- y'all make me better. You're right. Iron sharpens iron. And it yeah. is. Well, and I think our goal is not to fix each other. It's to walk alongside each other and encourage each other in their walk with Christ. So we were talking the other day about when we counsel each other, are we parenting each other or are we paracleting each other, which is that's probably not supposed to be a verb. What is that? Paraclete? Yeah. Well, a paraclete in scripture writer. is the one who comes alongside. Yeah. And so 
we're not there to kind of tell each other what to do and parent and yeah. do it that way. It's let me come alongside you and enter into and understand what you're dealing with and kind of bring biblical counsel to it. Yeah. As opposed to trying to kind of make my perfect friends. Yes. Yeah. I think it's the it's the fellowship goal rather than the socializing goal. Yeah. We have fun together. We do. But but that's not the goal. Right. And mm-hmm. I think we're different. Like I mean, Very. I think we make each other better, but I don't know if we just would have naturally like been drawn to each other in a social setting. But I think because we've been so intentional and we've been committed to each other, there's a deeper friendship that's arisen out of all of it than just I mean, I think we have chemistry, but I don't think that's like the primary thing that brought us together. I think what brought us together was a commitment to grow mm-hmm. and that we wanted to help each other grow and we wanted to grow ourselves and we all showed up and we all brought our full selves. There were times, I, I mean, Ellen, you're my story. <laughs> I'm like, she does not like me. <laughs> <laughs> but then like after, and I remember, I remember, she, I don't know I've told you this. I remember just choosing, like, I am going to be my full self and you did like me after that, I think. I've always liked you. Okay, good. <laughs> but I was holding back and I wouldn't have felt safe with you unless I brought my whole self. And I think that was scary for me that day, one day. And then afterwards I was like, oh, I'm safe here. But I think it it was choosing, you know what, I'm going to test this. I'm going to risk this. I'm not going to listen to the voice in my head that's telling me that. I'm just going to be all of me. And I felt like I got one of the dearest friends out of it. And so I'm so glad I didn't just walk away or pull back out of insecurity. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a time, I mean, everyone's going to be in the puddle. I always look at the puddle, like nobody wants to be in the puddle and be the one on the hot seat and the one who's always with their sadness in the puddle, but you got to get out of the puddle, right? And so somebody else needs the puddle and we got to rotate around the puddle, but you don't (laughs) want to stay in the puddle. I've been in groups where everybody's in the puddle and you just want to like, uh, or you get, I'm just not going to get in the puddle because I'm not going to go there. I I don't want to be I don't want to be that person. So I'm just, I'm not going to share. And it's just nice to remind, you know, rotate and be like, we haven't heard from you lately. You need to be in the puddle now. What's going on? You know, and if there is one person, you know, every quarter that hasn't been in the puddle, you're probably not getting to the deep root of their lives that week because all of us sin every day. All of us make mistakes. All of us got stuff. And there might be a really big puddle at one time, but there's no reason you shouldn't be in the puddle every quarter or so. Well, and I think part of what plays into that is understanding people's personality types because mm. like I'm an introvert yep. and the true definition of the word I'm not shy I enjoy people but I I do a lot of thinking inside my head that sometimes comes out of my mouth and sometimes doesn't or sometimes you have to pull it out of me and then there are other people who are they think out loud Jenny thinks out loud they so knowing kind of who's who so that the people that are the introvert think inside, you can kind of, not that I don't want to share, it's that it doesn't occur to me to share. Mm-hmm. So somebody has to pull it out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I think it's really cool. We did Enneagrams in our group a while back to figure out what everybody's number was. So helpful. It's so helpful because then you know like, okay, Ellen's going to think about this a long time and she's the investigator. And so she's going to analyze every single thing. And then at the end, she's going to sum this all up with this, oh, but like we have to ask her for it. We have to pull it out of her where the rest of us are like, 
oh, shiny object, shiny object. Not the rest of us. Some of us. <laughs> a lot maybe, of us are ADD. Maybe me. Maybe more so me. But it's just a, it, it helps a lot. So I think that's a good thing when you're looking at a community group. Maybe it's not the Enneagram. Maybe it's a personality test. But who are the personalities in your group? How do they naturally feed in? Or when they get in arguments, do they you know rattle their foot? Do they run and hide in the closet? Or do they stand up and start yelling back at you? Or do they leave the room? And you need to know that up front. You know, like, oh, we know exactly why they're running away and we got to go get them and we got to bring them back here. Or we got to give them two hours to cool off and come back. Or they're acting like they're fine, but they're really not because that's what their personality is. And I think that's why it's so key. You get together in a group to really find out what those personalities are because people aren't going to walk in and go, just so you know, I'm an ET, whatever, or I'm a five or I'm a nine. You got to find those things out. And um, it's really helpful to get you going faster, I think. So guys, I named this podcast not after a book, but after a life theme, which I also wrote a book about. So if you don't have the book, go get it. It is called Made for This. It is a devotional that honestly sums up so much of my passion and heart for women and for all of our lives that we would spend them well. And so it's going to help you discover your gifts. It's going to help you understand God's purposes for your lives and his plans. Do not miss it. Made for this. Go to Amazon, wherever books are sold. It's sitting there on a shelf, 40 days to understanding your purpose. Let's figure this out together because we don't want to waste our lives. Okay, I want to talk to you for a minute, Carla, as the leader of our group. Is it ever intimidating to like lead all these crazy people? Well, your group is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a lot easier when you're older and you've got a lot of young people with you or you're doing it with college friends. But it is a lot more difficult when you don't really know everybody at first because there's a lot of barriers to break down. And people are super talented. I think our group is very talented and I'm not trying to break, but they just are. I mean, no one's laying around eating bonbons. So from that standpoint, it can be very intimidating. But at the end of the day, it comes down to like, what's God done in your life this week? And what are you struggling with? Because seriously, everyone's struggling with something and God's telling you something. And sometimes you need a little help. Well, and you've done such a good job. I mean, one of the things I remember from the beginning with you as our leader is you would confess sin constantly. And I thought that was so humble. Oh yeah. I needed that that year where I wrote down all my confessions every day. Yes. And he did some work in the confession area. So that's, yeah. Yeah. And it just, you modeled humility and vulnerability. You didn't settle for us when we would get distracted and chase meaningless things. You really pulled people back together. And I, and I do think you were good at noticing who wasn't sharing and who was kind of hiding. And one thing I love about you and Matt as leaders is Matt sends an email every week. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an update email. But I think these little things matter, and so I want to share them. They do. And Matt, you know, says, hey, this is what's going on in my life. This is what I'm struggling with. He kind of does those three questions, Ellen. He'll he'll do them in the email. Mm -hmm. And he's vulnerable with us. We don't always answer. Like, a lot of times we're all just reading it for Matt. Yeah. But I think it sets a tone every week of, hey, I'm here. I'm here Mm -hmm. for you. I'm growing, I'm not settling, and I'm not going to let you settle. Like, that's what I see when yeah. I read the email. It's like, this is, we are moving forward, and that's our fearless leader, and he's yeah. not apathetic about it. And and you mm. and Matt actually became Christians as adults. We did. Which that's I love, nice. because I think it brings a sincerity to all of it. Like, you just are so real, and it's not a learned 
spirituality. It is a smitten, you fell in love with God and you don't have another way to live spirituality. Well, and it's also, we know what it's like not to have them. Yeah. I think when you grow up in the church and you've had it, and it's really hard right now as a parent to explain to my kids what it's like to be without God because they've never been without God. They've never been out without a small group. They've never been without a church. And, and to be able to tell stories like, this is how it doesn't work. This is how hard marriage was at the beginning. This is how hard it was just to get through life and get on the same page value-wise. And you really need groups to get you that. We have a lot of getting in a group sometimes will get you to where you need to go in your beliefs. Well, and I want to get back to your question at the very beginning, which was, do we use a curriculum? Mm. Yeah. How do we do it? And we have talked sometimes about, let's read a book together. But the other things that we've done, like Matt on his weekly email Mm -hmm. summarizes what he's been reading in scripture, which he's not saying explicitly, so what are you reading in scripture? But it is kind of that gentle lead by example Mm -hmm. encouragement for all of us to be in the word regularly. And then one of the other things that we have done this summer, we all kind of collectively as women committed to memorizing the same chunk of scripture, um, which was Psalm 103, which I have prayed through for members of our group multiple times in different circumstances, and it has filled all of them. Some of us have been more successful than others at staying on track. Are you always talking about me? No, I'm talking about myself. I'm behind. Okay, I'm behind too. And we keep track. But Carla Carla is so faithful to, not every week, but kind of every two or three weeks, remind us here's where we are in our memory work. Hope it's it's Mm. going great for everybody. So we're not necessarily giving everybody gold stars for staying on track, but there is kind of a steady encouragement and a reminder of the direction that we're headed in. But I think that memorizing scripture together has been, at least for me, mutually encouraging and hopefully all. Well, and it's been simple. Like we talk, so what you've heard, it's simple. we yeah. talk, we share our lives together, mm-hmm. we pray, mm-hmm. we memorize scripture, read scripture, mm-hmm. we are counsel for each other. And... Is there much else? I don't know. But I think like, let's just say there's a week you can't meet. Like you can get in a really bad habit of like, well, we can't meet or this person can't meet and we can't meet. And all of a sudden you're not meeting for three to four weeks. But it's like, if you're in a week where you can't meet, you better be praying for each other. And everybody should be sending a text saying, okay, what we're praying for this for Ellen. We're praying this for Jenny. We're praying this on and on and on. And then saying, by the way, I did pray for you. Right. And it just... You didn't meet, but you felt like you met because you're together in texts. You're still sharing your problems. You're still putting it out there. And I think that's an important thing about a group. If you don't meet, you still have to meet in some form or fashion, whether it's a text or whether it's an email. Well, I think about this summer because we were apart quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And one of the girls was in the car in a fight. And she texted us all. It was so vulnerable. It was so brave. I was like, "I, I hope I would do this. But it just... I think it, and it led us all in to a hard moment that she could have hidden. Mm-hmm. And instead we were praying. And this is, God's used these difficult moments where we've been vulnerable more so than probably a book or a curriculum. Or- mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree. Like, I think a lot of times that where groups break down is you've got that one member who's missed three weeks in a row and you got to bring them in and you spend yeah. an hour and a half getting them up to speed and then they miss another two weeks. And it's just a beat down. You get to the point where it's like, what's the point? Because so-and-so is coming today and they're going to just update her. And so I don't think you ever want to be in a position like that in a group, in a community group, that if you're not physically meeting, you're still somehow meeting. And just to keep that in mind, like if you're not tuning in or calling or texting or doing something once a week, your group is failing. Like it's just falling apart and you're not doing your part. Well, Matt said early on, this is no no fooling around. Like you are not, you know, those five couples, it was like, 
you aren't allowed in unless this is going to be a priority to you, Mm -hmm. that you're going to commit to be there, that you're going to commit to really share life together. And I think that standard from the beginning that y'all set helped Mm -hmm. all of us know how we were supposed to enter. And it has, it's been legit. Like you don't miss unless you are out of town. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. Yeah. I mean, people have met sick. (laughs) Yeah. And if you can't make it, someone's probably going to be following up with you and it's going to be annoying or it's going to be like, oh, thank you for following up with me. I'm just in a bad place right now. And Okay. So practically, if somebody's listening right now and they don't have this, what would you say they should do? I think you, if you are in a church community and if you are in some sort of men's ministry or women's ministry, that if your church doesn't have a community group architecture, then go to your men's or women's ministry director and say, this is what I would like. Do you know someone, like if you if you truly don't know who you would be in community with, let your ministry team help you find those people. And if you do, if you know, hey, I've, there's a few friends that I think would, I think they need this too, and we I should think be over together. dinner is a great, just toss the ball. I mean, you talked about this a little bit in some of your other podcasts too, like toss the ball out there of if you're couples or if you're single, like I really want kind of regular counsel and accountability on how I'm spending time with the Lord on how I'm stewarding my finances, on if you're a professional, am I listening to God in my workspace? If I'm married or pursuing marriage, am I doing that in a way that is faithful? And so kind of have people over for dinner that you think might be interested in that and say, hey, would you do this with me or us? And would you commit to really being open? There's so much freedom in being known. I think there's you know, a lot of people who are afraid that if they're really known, they'll be rejected. And I just think that's a lie. If you are rejected, then those aren't your people. Right. right. So people who really want to be faithful with you won't reject you. Thanks for not rejecting me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being my friends. Seriously, I, I remember being really vulnerable when I got here and feeling like, and in fact, my sister-in-law said to me, Jenny, I, I think my biggest fear with your family moving to Dallas is, that you won't feel safe and that you won't have good friends. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that I have a whole slew of you, I'm really, really grateful. So thanks for being my friend. Yeah, we like (laughs) being your friend. (laughs) And you're fun too because you're a seven and we need fun in our group. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. And we are so excited for you to find this. Our hope is not to show you something that you can't have. Our belief is this is something that you can have. And so whatever it looks like for you to take one step today to pursue this, to make a phone call, to send a text, to mention it to a friend, like, hey, let's, what if we started something like this? It is worth it. And I'm not saying it's easy, but I promise you, you will not regret it. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today for this final episode of the friendship series that we've been doing on the Made for This podcast. We just couldn't think of a better way to end it than with Jenny's people, some of the people that she does life with just on a daily basis. And we hope that that encouraged you and challenged you and just wanted to let you know really quick before you turn off your phone or wherever you're listening to this podcast that we don't want you guys to miss a single episode or any of the updates that Jenny sends out. So make sure you go over to JennyAllen.com and drop your email in, download the friend guide if you haven't already. But mostly we want to make sure that we can communicate with you via email because we put blog posts up all the time. 
We put all of the show notes and the transcriptions up there. So if there's ever an episode that you just couldn't write notes fast enough, the blog's the place to go because we literally transcribe every episode word for word and we put it all up there on the blog for you. So make sure you head over there, drop your email in and make sure you're subscribed to the show because we've got some really awesome bonus episodes coming your way. So thank you guys for joining us today. We'll see you next time.